0: hey everybody this is the washington state indivisible podcast part of the demcast podcast network i'm your host stephan cox today in the face of the coronavirus pandemic national and state democratic organizations have had to significantly alter their game plans for the 2020 election we are joined today by communications director for the washington state democrats will casey to talk about the shift in strategy and to outline the many actually really and truly exciting ways that you can get involved That is all ahead, so stay with us. As Democrats head into the most important election of our lifetimes, the coronavirus pandemic has meant that we suddenly find ourselves unable to do all the things that you do during an election year. There's no canvassing, no rallies, no candidate events, no town halls, no in-person fundraisers. But Washington Democrats have a game plan to work around all that. And here to tell us about it is our friend, communications director for the Washington Democrats, Will Casey. Will, how you doing, man?
1: I'm hanging in there. It's always a pleasure to talk with
0: you, Stephen. You as well. Um, so we'll get into specifics on all of this, but just philosophically, I'm curious, how have the Washington Democrats adjusted their thinking about the approach to this year's election?
1: Well, I think the important thing for folks to understand is that while we're adapting to this environment that uh, is truly unprecedented with no in-person events, uh, we have a talented and experienced organizing team that is working on on putting in new programs, getting everybody ready to keep talking to voters, and uh, we're not going to miss a beat between now and November.
0: Good. I like it. Well, you know, people are stuck at home right now and they're itching to get involved. So you've got some options for people. Uh, The first are the digital trainings. We talked about this in a past show, but just refresh us. What are they? When are they? uh, And what can people learn?
1: Sure. The most important thing I'm going to say this entire episode is uh, to head to uh, wa-democrats.org backslash digital organizing it's digital dash organizing
0: great and i'll have that for people at indivisible great
1: yeah hopefully we can put that in the show notes and uh we, yes, yeah, so that will be the resource for folks, um, with one-stop shop with all the different ways to plug into our voter outreach program. Um, so digital trainings are going to be, uh, a mixture of pre-recorded videos, uh, from our vendors, uh, with all these new tools that we're rolling out that are hosted on that webpage. Uh, and then also we're going to have periodic webinars, uh, hosted by our talented, uh, regional field directors and, uh, open to the public. So anyone who wants to get involved with making calls to Democrats here in Washington state, uh, can go ahead and plug into that. You'll get trained up on all you need to know to be able to get uh right to dialing and, and texting to make sure that people keep in mind that we have a, an election coming up here in November.
0: And these are going to be on Zoom, I believe, so people can interact, ask questions, all that stuff?
1: Yes, yes, definitely. And there's even going to be, uh, or there even already is, uh, a training video on how to install Zoom, how to get everything set up. So we are presuming that you have no prior information uh, coming into this uh, organizing environment so we know that... All sorts of people are trying to adapt to the situation and not everybody has a job that requires them to, you know, have that stuff all set up already. So um, if you do, great. But if you don't, uh, we've got resources for you as well.
0: Yeah, I think that's important. I do think that the majority of people are going to come to this situation knowing uh, how to use Zoom at this point because we've all sort of been forced into the deep end of the pool on that. But yeah, good to know. So for those who don't, uh, there's some instruction on that. Uh, So let's talk about some of the, the, the ways that you are going to be doing voter outreach. The first is phone banking and you're doing it in a way that is meant to take the place of canvassing. How so? How is that going to work?
1: So we realize that we have to generate these voter contact attempts, right? That means knocking on doors, calling people's phones, sending them texts. And uh, in 2018, part of our strategy, in fact, I would say that the large part of the strategy that led to such uh, sweeping victories at the state legislative level and then also flipped the 8th Congressional District uh, was our voter outreach uh, program that generated 2.1 million voter contact attempts. Wow. Um, So if we're going to stay on track to hit that number again and hopefully even exceed it this year, we're going to have to keep moving even while everyone's sort of stuck at home. So what our organizing team has developed in order to keep us on track is a phone banking program that has two phases. Basically, uh, one is a sort of rolling, always open, at-your-leisure phone bank where we've got a massive uh, list of of numbers to dial. Um, You'll email us or sign up at uh, y-democrats.org backslash digital-organizing and get plugged into sort of a at-your-convenience phone bank. always open. You can call at 1030 in the morning. You can call at your lunch break. You can call in the afternoon. Um, once you've sort of got your kids set up on, you know, their uh, distance learning situation, you can sort of plug in here. Whatever works for your schedule, we can make it work. However, we also understand that, like part of uh, volunteering and part of getting involved in these uh, campaigns, is that people want community. Right? They want to build some camaraderie with their fellow volunteers. So every night from Sunday through Thursday at four p.m., we're launching a statewide, massive uh, phone bank blitz. So we are just started. We just started those this week uh, when we when you and I are talking, Stefan, and we've already made over a thousand calls.
0: Oh, that's fantastic. Um,
1: uh-huh. So. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and it's only just for, for a couple of days. So as more people filter in, that number is going to spike. Um, and we will definitely, you know, be on track to keep hitting, that, hitting our goals.
0: Now, are people using their own phones with this?
1: So you do need to use your own phone. Um, Hopefully you'll have some sort of uh, computer that can help you sort of uh, access the the virtual formatting software. So there is a little bit of a tech requirement to have sort of set up at home. And unfortunately, um, you know, the whole paperless situation is a little more difficult when we don't have an office for you to come to and get stuff printed out and handed to you. So um, folks will need to be using their own phones. However, it is also uh, perfectly uh, acceptable if you want to set up a Google voice number. Um, And if you can just type into Google how do I set up Google Voice, Um, Google has some great trainings for you on that as well. Um, it's just an app that installs on your phone and basically creates a dummy um, phone number. And especially if you move here into Washington like I did from somewhere else in the country and you still have your old area code, uh, we do recommend that people try to get a a Google voice number with a local area code because it it does make a difference in how often people pick up.
0: Yeah, and something that I have noticed is that even with a local area code, um, people don't really answer phones that much. So that's a a challenge in and of itself. How are you thinking around that.
1: Uh, Well, there's two things. One is that we are seeing a unusually higher rate of uh, sort of contacts on the phones just because I think people are interested to hear what's going on and they're sort of at home all the time instead of being out at events where they they can't really take a phone call. Um, But the other is just sort of increasing our volume, right? And this is why we need everybody who's able to, um, anyone who was traditionally canvassing in their local indivisible group to help us out and plug in uh, to this centralized uh, voter outreach network because... We really are going to need, you know, just so we need boots in the ground, knocking doors. We can't do that. We need people dialing. Um, And that's just pure volume is the only way that's going to work. But, uh, we understand that that can be a bit of a slog, and so we are going to have um, social media communities built around that. I know you're gonna we're going to get to in a little while, but yeah. there is definitely a digital aspect of that community building that we're we're prioritizing
0: as well. All right, cool. Well, let's also talk about text banking. This is something that indivisible members may be familiar with because of the payback project that uh, is aimed at flipping a number of Senate seats across the nation. But for those who are not familiar, uh, how does text banking work?
1: So, text banking, you'll get, it's very similar to phone banking, but instead of dialing a phone number and then having a, a conversation with a, a voter on the phone, following a, a script that's provided to you, uh, you'll do the same thing over text. So, you'll have prepackaged text messages. Um, There will be trainings through our virtual uh, webinars to get you all set up on how to do that. Um, Our RFDs are around to help with troubleshooting. um, And it effectively, I mean, anyone who signed up for uh, a presidential campaigns list, you know, text banking is really sort of the newest wave of of technology here. Um, And I'm sure that, you know, folks were contacted by, um, I think particularly the Sanders and Warren campaign were uh, very heavy text users. But um, I know the other campaigns were users as well. Um, And so basically you'll start a conversation With a voter just over text instead of um, on the
0: phone. So, just to clarify here before we move forward, uh, the rollout is really happening in two phases. And we're in phase one right now, which is really just voter outreach. So, people who are going to be taking part in the text banking, phone banking, they're not going to be advocating for any specific candidate in any like, you know, congressional race or certainly not at the presidential level, right?
1: Right, right, right. So as a party, we have to follow, uh, you know, compliance rules. That means we're advocating for a slate always of minimum three candidates at the same time. Sort of when we do canvassing, um, and but even at that point, uh, right now in the cycle, we're not talking about specific candidates. We're just sort of checking in on folks, uh, you know, taking their temperature on how they sort of are viewing the response from our Democratic leaders in Congress and here uh, with the governor uh, in Washington. Uh, but this is not a, you know, sort of trying to rally them behind any particular candidate. This is just helping us make sure we've got the most up-to-date information on all of these folks and then also gauging their likelihood of supporting our Democratic candidates in the fall um, so that when we do shift into that second phase of trying to mobilize people, we are very confident, our Democrats, um, we, we have as a, a clean a list as possible.
0: Right. 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 OK. Um, you touched on this just a moment ago, but uh, tell us about the online communities that you are setting up. Uh, and I will just preface this by saying. Uh, Who knew just how important these online communities were going to be as we're all sort of locked in our homes? I mean, it really is the only way that we can uh, meaningfully interact right now. So I think it's going to be enormously important in all of this. So tell us what the Washington Dems are putting together here.
1: Yeah, I mean, I have to give credit where credit is due, and uh, and that's the local indivisible groups that I have worked with on the campaigns um, for the inspiration for this idea. Uh, I think that you know, indivisible has been a great organization at, at developing that sort of community among people who are meeting for the first time uh, to to sort of organize around this sort of work. And uh, so we're trying to replicate that success specifically with folks who are going through our remote uh, volunteering program. So this is not intended to sort of replace any existing groups that you're a part of, but uh, a specific place, a Facebook group, in. Uh, particularly um, where people who are making calls can share stories about great conversations they're having, you know, share any best uh, practices or tips that they're finding and trying to get people to engage in different ways. Um, We'll be sort of recognizing our our standout volunteers every week uh, who are really, you know, completing the most shifts, making the most calls, talking to the most voters. Um, And then there will also be, uh, that'll be sort of the distribution channel for regular video updates um, from our chair, Tina, as she's sort of just thanking everyone for the work they're doing and, um, you know, helping to foster that camaraderie that you would normally build as you kind of come into a campaign office and get to know your fellow volunteers while you're making calls and knocking doors.
0: Great, great, great. Okay, so, and if you sign up for uh, phone banking or text banking, you automatically get an invite for the online communities, right?
1: That's correct. Yeah, you'll get instructions on how to join that Facebook group for sure.
0: And just I'll just ask you generally, since you know, primarily the people who are listening to this show are members of Indivisible, Indivisible Leaders, how do you see the indivisible community fitting into everything that you just talked about?
1: Oh, the individual community and other volunteers who are plugged in and and have been organizing themselves to do issue advocacy since 2016 are all going to be incredibly crucial to this work. So one of the things that we specifically are going to need help with from folks who are experienced Canvassers and on the campaigns that I've worked on here in Washington uh, since 2016, the individual groups that have been in the various districts that I've worked in have been some of our best volunteers, right? Um, Because folks are committed, they care, and they, you know, they listen and, and they, you know, commit to the work. Yep. Um, and so something that we are facing a challenge with as we um, are trying to spin up our, um, you know, this remote volunteering program is our original field directors, our RFDs, can't uh, present to 30 people at once, right? They can go through a Zoom training where, you know, everyone sort of gets the basics, but then getting each individual volunteer set up on their, uh, you know, uh, phone bank is time-consuming, right? It's it's difficult work. And so what we really need from uh, the community of your listeners are folks who have done this work before, who have Canvas before, phone bank before, and are willing to help us, you know, do that one-on-one setup. So um, imagine, you know, you have an older Parents, relatives, grandparents, aunt, uncle, somebody who's just not quite super tech savvy, but, you know, has their heart in the right place and wants to volunteer. Imagine trying to get them to use Zoom for the first time and then also create an action ID in a vote builder and then also, you know, figure out how to dial up. It's an uphill climb. Yeah. It's not so fine. And so if there are any folks who want to help us uh, basically be like a train-the-trainer candidate um, to, you know, like take some of the load off of our RFD so they can do these bigger projects and, and you know, help train more ground-level volunteers, we would so appreciate it. Um, and you can email um, our RFD team at RFDS, uh, so plural of RFDs, RFDS, at uh, WA-DEMOCRATS.org,
0: W-A-DEMOCRATS.org. There you go. Well, uh, you heard him, you OGs. This is your time to shine. So uh, something else that you are doing that is a little more specialized is you are recruiting people to counter disinformation. Uh, as we know, this was a big factor in uh, 2016, and it's going to be a big factor in 2020. I mean, we already see what you know. people like uh, Trump's campaign manager, Brad Pascal, has a piss sleeve, and we're expecting foreign... Uh, this information as well. So what are we doing here at the state level to counter and who are you looking for specifically on this?
1: Sure. So this is a specific uh, recruitment call to anyone who's listening who helps manage a um, a page for uh, some sort of localized uh, advocacy group, right? So I'm, this is for folks who are listening that are, you know, the social media managers for your local indivisible group or maybe your mom's mad action group, your March for Our Lives group, any of these uh, sort of uh t- folks who have organized around some sort of motivating principle that have been doing advocacy work that have built relationships with your local communities as, as trusted sources of information.
0: Influencers, right? basically.
1: Yes, yes. Um, but th- I'm trying to be specific about it because um, I know this is going to sound exciting for a lot of people, um, but what we're really focusing on here is um, amplifying the organic reach of this uh, factually checked content because um, Facebook and Google, um, which sort of covers YouTube as well as Instagram and Google search ads, um, are not selling Adds to anyone trying to communicate about state level issues here in Washington. Um,
0: really, it's I was norm- sort of
1: in the weeds. Yeah, it's like it's a compliance thing with the PDC. Basically, Facebook and Google are, are choosing Washington to be their test case for uh, refusing to be regulated by state governments. Um, we can go into a much longer conversation about that some other time. <laughs> uh, but the practical effect is that um, our candidates and our campaigns uh, can't. Force Facebook to deliver factual content by paying them to do so, um, and so what we have to do is find a way around that. And what we are doing is building a community of folks who are um, social media managers for their local organizations to join forces in a closed Facebook group. Um, you can reach out to uh, digital media at wa-democrats.org um, if this applies to you uh, to get plugged into our disinformation task force. Um, or our digital task force. And what that will do is get you an invite to a closed Facebook group after you've um, met with or called um, our digital media manager, Carrie Ebanks. She's going to be managing this project. And what we're doing is... uh, verifying the identity of everyone who's added It is a closed group so that we can ensure as much as possible that it doesn't get infiltrated by, you know, Republicans or Russians um, or any other, you know, foreign government that wants to get in the game this year. Uh, And we are going to be producing um, fact-checked infographics that folks can then save and share out from their organizational pages, right? So think of, you know, the next um, sort of disinformation campaign that gets slammed against, you know, Governor Inslee or, you know, our congressional candidates um, or even down to, you know, the local legislative district candidates. Right. Um, We want to be able to make sure that the information we are pushing out that's accurate about um, sort of the the Democrats that are on the ballot this year uh, has been fact checked and is coming from sources that uh, voters in these communities already trust and already know will they can rely on for accurate information.
0: Well, that sounds tremendous and really much, much needed. So uh, I'm really glad you guys are taking that on. So as I said, this is all phase one. Phase two is the get out the vote phase that happens around six weeks before the election. You don't have a crystal ball, but do you think we'll be doing boots on the ground at that point?
1: I honestly, I, I don't know. Right. We, we here at the state party, we find out about these public health, uh, advisories at the same time everybody else does when I'm sitting on my couch working from home, mm. uh, tuning into the governor's press conference. Right? right. So, um, I mean, from everything that I've read, it's, it's, you know, it's up in the air, right? I mean, we're, we're preparing for, uh, we're, we built everything about this remote organizing program to be able to flip right back to door-to-door canvassing, which we know is, you know, a higher success rate in terms of reaching people and we know those conversations are, are higher quality. So that's obviously our goal, um, you know, but we're prepared to do this for the long haul if that's what it takes. Uh, and so I think that either way, we're going to need as much help as we can from every uh, person in Washington who's concerned about making sure that <laughs> our Democratic leaders take office and we, we keep uh, Washington State voting blue at the presidential level yep. um, because we just we can't we can't rely on people to, to to get this information organically. Right. Like we need to make sure that we do the work uh, that led to such such great success in 2018.
0: Yep, absolutely. Uh, before I let you go, just a couple last things. What's the latest on the legislative and congressional ca- caucuses that are going to be selecting delegates for the state convention and national conventions?
1: So we have moved that process, as well, uh, along with all of our other programming, uh, through the end of May to an entirely digital uh, process. So there's no in person component for the legislative caucus, district caucuses, or the congressional district caucuses. I think those were originally scheduled for April 26th and uh, May 30th, respectively. Uh, instead, we are going to be doing a, a similar process to how uh, the party rep- uh, fills vacancies at the state legislative level or on county councils, which is to have uh, the precinct committee officers for each legislative district be the electorate for selecting those delegates. Okay. Um, so folks are still interested in running to delegate, as far as we know, um, both conventions are still scheduled to to move forward as, you know, we haven't received any other guidance, Um, you know, that that events of of that size will need to be banned through the summer. Uh, So they can head to waelectioncenter.com, and that will have all the information that they need in order to figure out uh, what the process is for running to delegate and how to apply uh, to be on that ballot.
0: And I'm sure that you and I will talk between now and June 12th, which is when the state convention is scheduled for. And uh, everything is kind of up in the air right now, so we'll figure it. It feels kind of like building a plane in midair right now, doesn't it? Yes. Yes. (laughs) Yes.
1: <laughs> yes, we are. You know, we are definitely building the plane as we fly it. And uh, and the one last thing I'll add about the the, the convention is that um, for the national convention where the the nomination will take place, um, both the Sanders campaign and the Biden campaign that have received pledged delegates will also be, um, you know vetting whoever gets elected out of this process they, that was always a part of the process sort of okay. they have a, a right of refusal over anyone elected to represent them but just want to reassure folks that that process stays in place
0: well okay and that's my final question for you of the day will uh, and that that relates directly to uh, our two remaining primary candidates it turns out that washington our fine state had the highest voter turnout in the presidential primary in the nation which is awesome uh can you share those numbers with us
1: yeah, so we had special thanks to Lori point, Caldwell, and it's always my thanks to you guys for listening. Everybody uh, please stay State, healthy and safe and we'll talk to you next those time. Were Bye. Democratic voters, which is Huge compared to our caucus turnout in 2016, which was only about 230,000 people. So that's a, an increase of wow. uh, several orders of magnitude. And uh, yeah, I mean, each uh, senator senators I think received about 570,000 votes, uh, while uh, Vice President Biden received just upwards of 590,000. So it was a close race, um, but you know, the, the massive turnout is is great for us, and it has uh, you know gives us a rosy uh, forecast for the general, uh, given the fact that, you know, all of this was going on as the coronavirus outbreak was, was starting to really hit here in Seattle. And uh, thankfully, we got vote, vote by mail. So there's no concern about people needing to avoid the polls.
0: Exactly. And ideally, with all the work that you have just laid out, uh, we will keep voter enthusiasm and voter turnout high. Uh, that is the very idea. So, Will, uh, thanks for all your work, man. I really appreciate it.
1: Hey, I'm just the one who talks about it. It's everybody at our staff who's, who's doing the real work. So so thanks to them, and, and thank you for the opportunity to promote it. Thanks, Dustin.
0: Well, never sell yourself short, my friend. Will Casey is the Communications Director for the Washington State Democrats. Well, thanks, man. Thank you. And that's it for today. Our website is indivisiblepodcast.org, where you can find links to everything that we Will talked about. And if you want to get in touch, our email address is indivisiblepodcast at gmail.com. The Washington State Indivisible Podcast is a production of Get Creative, Inc. and is part of the Demcast Podcast Network. Learn more about Demcast at demcastusa.com.